Welcome to Memory Lane, where every month I'm going to share out one of my podcast episodes through the South Sheriff catalog, whether it's a snippet of one of the old episodes or a full one. Um, being that this is the last Friday of the month and in the spirit of Flashback Friday, of course, let's get one more under the gun. All right. So with the Raptors wrap up podcast coming next week, I just decided I wanted to take it back to 2018 and, and share a snippet from that year's edition of the of the Raptors wrap up pod that I did with my South Shirad family member, Julian, a.k.a. Jules the Commish and our resident Raptor lifer. <laughs> so just to rehash that one real quick. The Raptors had home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs as the number one seed. Uh, that was the first and only time in franchise history that they ever got the number one seed. They won 59 games that year. And if I remember the classic memory of Fred Van Vliet getting hurt on the game 82 because they're trying to shoot for 60 wins. And uh, it kind of affected the bench play for the rest of the playoffs. Um they had two All-Stars that year in Lowry and DeRozan. They had a Coach of the Year in Dwayne Casey and a second-team All-NBA in, in, in uh, DeRozan or DeMar. And yet, by the time the second round ended, LeBron completely and utterly destroyed the Raptors, forever changing the franchise going forward, which led to Messiah to fire Casey, trade DeMar for Kawhi, and, well, you know the rest. It ended up good within 12 months later. But in 2018, they just they got smoked, they got swept, boxed up, led astray, bamboozled, run amok. Anyway, you slice it, they got swept 4-0. And, you know, we had our reactions to it. But before we begin, though, um, and, you know, we'll be talking next week about the playoffs as well. But I, I got to talk about a couple of things first before we move on. Mainly, how did Milwaukee go home in five? Seriously, how did Milwaukee go home in five? Now, a, a couple things, as we know, you know, Giannis, of course, he missed three games into the back injury that he had at the, at the beginning of game one. And had he been healthy, I'm sure the series doesn't turn out like that. I'm sure, you know, Milwaukee's probably winning that series. Let's let's be real. But with that said, though, I am in no way saying this is an asterisk beside the Heat's name because, yo, Jimmy Butler put on, you know, he put that team on his back and they took full advantage of the Bucks, even without Tyler Hero himself. And the way they did it was super impressive, man. You, you can't knock it. I mean, Jimmy Butler had 98 points in two games. That's beyond unbelievable. That's, that's a 49-point average, especially against that defense. And that shot that he had to go to overtime, that, man, that, that was crazy. Clutch, but also, like, really crazy. So straight-up salute to him for everything that he's done. You know, here's a couple of things I got to say about the Bucks. even though I, I totally understand Giannis basically missed three games. Number one, you got to fire Coach Bud. And if not, this might have to be this, his last season unless they at least get to the finals next year. Yes, granted, he did win a chip two years ago, and he should get credit for that. He did a good job at that point. But everybody remembers if Katie doesn't step on that three-point line, you know, in that, in that uh, net series, there's probably a new coach in Milwaukee. And, and, and it's hard to count last year because they went as far as they could without having their second best player in Middleton and going up against Boston that it really came back to bite them in game six and seven. I, I thought they just got tired, especially Giannis in game seven. Um, but the way they blew the end of those last two games in the fourth quarter was was borderline disgusting. The team in both games they were panicking like they, they didn't win a, t a title like a couple of years ago. But he did the whole thing like he did the Phil Jackson thing where, 
you know, you let guys just play it out instead of calling a timeout. But he's not Phil. <laughs> he's not Phil. Like, they needed Bud to at least make his players regather. But he didn't do that. He left timeouts on the table. Like, how do you leave timeouts on the table in a situation where you're you're possibly going to be eliminated as a number one seed? Then they ran the same schemes, defensive schemes against Jimmy for two games, and they, they refused to make somebody else beat them. He got thoroughly outcoached. And, and I'm surprised about it because I'm like, how are we having this same conversation two years later? And what's worse is you had multiple players in that game foul out. You had Kyle Lowry, Bam, and Kevin Love all fouled out either at the end of the game or by overtime. And you had no Tyler Hero. And your players still couldn't close the deal? You got to at least start thinking about it, like some of the options out there. I mean, do you kick the tires on Nick Nurse, who just got fired? Now, I'm not sure, 100% sure if that works because I've, you know, you've, you've seen players in the past kind of knock um, Nick's coaching schemes and they, you know, they call some of his, his uh, plays gimmicky. You know, I don't know how much that will work in Milwaukee, but I think he is a better voice for veteran players. So you just got to wonder, you know what I mean? You just lost on a Udoka. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if you want to hire from within, you know, because he do have he does have a good coaching staff if he decides to let him go. Um, but you got to kind of figure this out. Like there, there was a report that uh, Max Struess said, and um, I think there was well after the game last night, Max, Max, Max Struess, sorry. The man said that even Eric Spolstra was in the huddle when the game was going to overtime talking about like, I don't understand why this guy didn't call timeout. He had a timeout. Why didn't he call it? It's like, what the hell is he doing? Even he was confused. If your coach is confused in that way, you're not doing a good job. Secondly, the team is getting older. So, you know, not to say that they still can't get it done next year, but you got Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, Javon Carter, and Jay Crowder. They're all going to be unrestricted free agents. You know, Brooke's obviously the priority, but all of those guys are over 30 with the exception of Carter. And then Middleton has a, a player option on a deal where he's making $35 million coming off multiple injuries. Do you sign into another long-term deal? And for how much? How long? You know, you can't afford to lose him or Brooke because it's going to completely change the team too much. And the luxury taxes are going to be so heavy on these guys. But, you know, is the new ownership that's there now, are they going to want to pay it? And then according to, to Brian Windhorse of uh, ESPN, it's unlikely, he's saying that it's unlikely that Giannis even extends his contract, which, you know, he only, I think he still has two, year, two more years left on his contract. But if that happens, now you're starting the clock. And that's going to put so much pressure on this squad to stay together, especially with the, the luxury tax looming. And then the third thing is Giannis. You know, you look at the stats, especially in those two games, you know, the stats are his stats is Giannis. He's, you know, he's amazing. But yet there's things that he still has to tighten up, especially the free throws. You can't go 10 for 23 in that situation. I mean, you make f six of those free throws. You go 16 for 23, the game is over. You go 13 for 23, the game is over, essentially, right? Like, he's the best or, or one of the two best players in the NBA. But for such a major superstar, this is the other issue I have as well. He still defers too much to coaching, which is humbling and it's almost quaint at times, right? But sometimes you got to just say your piece. And I know everybody's talking about the presser about, you know, you keep seeing highlights all day about, 
you know, if he considers this season a failure. And that's not the that's not the part to me that I didn't really focus on too much. I mean, it was it was a nice back and forth between him and the reporter, in my opinion. It's the wishing you had guarded Jimmy a little more comment that I have a problem with. Like, we can't have that. This isn't a knock on holiday. Like, his defense is among the very best in the game. And as far as point guards are concerned, he is the best defender in the game. But he couldn't stop Jimmy at all. And, I mean, when an NBA player, especially an all-star or a superstar, whatever you want to call Jimmy, is rolling like that, like, sometimes you got to make some changes. And you can ask for the coach or wait for the coach to make the call. But sometimes when you're in a position like Giannis, where you're like the face of the league, you got to just say, call everything aside, call bullshit aside, and just be like, yo, it's my turn. I got him. That's it. I got him. You can't always wait for the signal. You got to do it. And just change up the look. Like, Giannis was actually the defensive player of the year three years ago. And he's still in his prime years now. Right? So why, even in the last two minutes, was he not guarding him one-on-one? At the very least, give Jimmy, like, trouble with his sight lines. Like, Jimmy's got three, four inches on Drew. So he's just rising up over him after a while. Giannis has to pull that superstar card on that one, especially when, when you're losing the lead late in the game for the second time in a row in a closeout game now where you're the ones that are down. I can't see like Kawhi or LeBron, even KD in that position, just allowing to watch Butler just cook like that, especially when the Heat are losing all their teammates left and right. It's a lot of questions going on into the, in the offseason. The best team in the NBA this season is going home and it's not even May yet. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is I'm not a thousand percent stunned either that they lost because this season has been such a clusterfuck. There's been so much parody and there's no truly great teams out there this season. Like watching the Heat get hockey playoff hot and, and Jimmy do like the, the basketball version of, of a hot goalie isn't as shocking as it should be. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm shocked, but I'm just not as shocked as I, I thought I would be. It's a different season this year, man, and, and, and many teams can either win it or make a lengthy playoff run, but at the end of it all, you got Miami and the New York Knicks meeting up like it's the late 90s, and, and New, York, the, New York is hosting. How is that even possible after everything I just said? <laughs> I, I actually think the Knicks win that series. I think Miami's hot and they're, they're, they're a tough out, but I don't see them beating this team. I, they're not better than the Knicks as long as Randall stays healthy. And part of it, too, is that I absolutely love how Jalen Brunson is playing. Right now, he's an all-NBA player, and he, he is by far the best remaining point guard in the Eastern Conference, with the exception of James Harden. But, man, right now, the way he's playing, I would, I would take him over. I would take, I would take Brunson's left over Harden's left right now. Either way, regardless of the fact, the crowds for these games, for all seven games, are going to be insane. And and Knicks fans travel really well historically, especially with all the transplants living in South Florida right now and the thousands, the hundreds of thousands more that, that came over there during the pandemic to live. The crowds are going to be as crazy as crazy comes, you know, from the diehards to the celebs on both sides and in, in, in Miami and New York. It's, it's going to be crazy, but... You know, we'll have more to talk about next week, which once again will feature the Raptors wrap-up episode. Uh, make sure you check out the rest of the catalog at SouthShareRap.com. Hit that like button, rate, review, and subscribe to the shows. 
en uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco estrellas. The five stars. I need my five. I needs my five. I needs my five. I needs my five. Give me that five stars. Give it to me. <laughs> It's Memory Lane on Sasha Rav Radio. Let's go. Yeah, so just just a few things. Um, as a Raptors fan, um, how, how low was this performance in the history of the Toronto Raptors? Like, would you say this was the worst experience that you've ever felt as a fan? Or when Vince Carter went to college graduation on the morning of Game Seven in two thousand one, I wasn't that. Like I, no. I think this before t before this series, the lowest point as a Raptor fan before this series, before this Cleveland Toronto sweep, was two like three years ago when we lost to the Wizards in, in a sweep. We lost four straight, and I and I was saying that. I flew out to Washington, watched the game at the Verizon Center. Oh yes, that's right. Got, and and um, you know, as I, I we I flew out there because Joel was playing in the game. He's playing. He was at that time the Caps were in the playoffs too. So I was watching his game. I got to see the, the Raps game. That was the lowest point as a Raptor fan. You were you're there for Game Four, right, or Game Three? Game Game Four. Game oh, Four. Oh my when God! Oh, so yeah, that was a blow. It was the worst. Yeah, that was blood. And then. So that was a low point. Carter going to his graduation. You know what I was more I was more angry at Carter is when he when he uh, gave up on the team. Now that 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 was a low point too. When he was like when when he was just injured and whatnot. But oh, after yeah. that, and and, that and, was, and don't forget not crossing the three point line, man, uh, and not not dunking and mm -hmm. whatever. That was like you know we I know that that documentary. Um, The Carter effect is out there, and everybody's talking about it. And I swear, this is how much of a diehard rap fan I am. I still have not forgotten what he did to us, man. I refuse to forget. I would forget, but I would not forget. And I would continually bring it up every time if I hear anything about Vince Carter. I'll tell them what he did. He 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 gave up on the on the city, on the organization, and nobody could ever tell me otherwise. Well, but anyhow, he. Sorry, not not to interject, but you you remember, June? The the very first podcast I had was about Vince Carter and and this, the the true meaning of of his effect on the city. Like while it was positive, and I won't take yeah. away from the documentary in, in those ways, but like I always say this to people, like we were there, we were there, we we yeah. saw we saw all the dips and valleys. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not I haven't watched the Carter effect yet, but I'm like, but. Like I was there, we we were there. We saw all that. We saw when this guy just totally went down. But we're not going to go down that path. But I'm just, no, I'm no, just, we're not going to go up. I'm just saying that to say that basically, I I totally agree with you. But go, we'll yeah, go yeah. On. So that hurt. So that hurt. So that was another low point to see that he didn't want to be here no more. That was a low point. So that that Washington sweep and that Carter Carter leaving, that was like one A one B. But the, but this one, this this the sweep by the Cavs, totally. Totally takes over as the most deflating, defeating uh, feeling I've ever had as a Raptor fan. Easily, easily. Mm -hmm. I um, you know, for me, it's like you know, I, I always say like I'm not, I'm not like a die, I'm not a Raptor fan per se. Like you know, what I mean, I, I I rep them because you know I live in Toronto and you know there's a local mm -hmm. team, so you want to see the local team do well. You know, um, so yeah. I, I more support it that way. But um, but 
I, I tell you, I was honestly, and I say this as a person that's not a Raptors fan, I was completely and deeply offended by their performance. Like, like just, just straight up, I was deeply offended as someone who listens in Toronto. I was deeply offended at, at, at how they played, it's like from okay, game, but, game okay. two and game four. Okay, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. You cannot say that for every game. No, no, no. Of course not. I'm not saying. Okay. That. I'm not saying that because, like, like I said, like I said earlier in the, uh, the the podcast we had prior to this, I didn't. I didn't watch game one. I missed most of game one, okay. and you know, and I saw you know game from two to four basically. So t- so game game. Uh, so the second half of game two was just that was just atrocious. Oh, terrible. You know, we'll terrible. you know, and we'll get to game three in a moment. But but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what though, uh, honestly speaking. For me, the blip on the radar for me started wasn't was before this series. Is when the Raptors lost Game Four to the Wizards. For me, like when Washington came and they tied the series, like when they did mm-hmm. that, it it had that hint, that aroma once again. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, I, I'm like, man, I know what that smells like, and it it don't smell like Egyptian musk. You know, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I hear. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But when they were up to nothing, I, I was, was like, good. This is a new Raptors team because we never win Game One. Yeah. And not only that, we won the first two games. We defended home court, and I felt this this was a new, um, a, a new team that you know that uh, that has the opportunity to go farther. But I hear you. After losing game three and four on the road, um, you know, it it it, it got me kind of worried again. But then they won the next two. They won so the next like, two. Okay, and I was like, okay, well, this is the team I thought you know was the first in game one and two. This new team that had an vision that would do well in the playoffs and the bench mob and you know not everything on on Demar's shoulders because you know in playoffs he, he just can't handle it mentally and mm-hmm. and Kyle so I thought this was a whole new lineup so and and game and game six was that was that was a good closeout game I was actually pretty impressed yeah. by how they closed out I was like wow okay about road. time yeah, yeah. It, w- it wasn't like down to the wire you know what I mean and. No. Like, like, especially like the year before, how they had to go to Game Six of Milwaukee, and it's like they had to like barely pull that out by the skin of their teeth. But mm-hmm. um, exactly in this case, the reason why I say I was disappointed from Game Four is because I had the Raptors winning in five. I figured you know Washington would take one, but mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not so much that they just because they lost Game Four is the way they lost Game Four, the defensive breakdowns. You know, mm-hmm. like the offense went back to being how it was the last few years, where it was just ISO ball and. You know, DeRozan took like what do you take like twenty nine? He went like ten for thirty or something like that, in, in that game. And you know, and Lowry was playing pretty well, but it's like they just like you know, DeRozan tried to play hero ball, and mm. that just you know it, it, they shot themselves in the foot. So it wasn't it wasn't the fact that Washington beat them; it's that they beat themselves. So I was disappointed yeah. at that the most. But yeah, so going into this series, I was like, you know what? If it's any time to take down Cleveland, it's now. They just had a, a rough seven game series with the Pacers. <laughs> Which exposed them in a lot of ways, not so oh, much LeBron, but their team. You know, the rest of the, the rest of their squad. Kevin Love averaged what did he average? Like eight points in that in that uh, in that no. first round series. He like he said no. something like that. I don't even know if it was even ten points. Um, I don't think I don't think anybody averaged more than ten points. No, I don't think so. I think it was just LeBron, right? So so it was it was basically like LeBron and like the Pips basically at that point. You know, the, when that series started, I'm like, all right, so. This is the best chance, you know, you, you got a chance to knock off Cleveland. You got, you're not going to stop LeBron. Nobody can, especially the Raptors. They can't stop LeBron. Not even worried about LeBron. But everybody else, I'm like, the Raptors are a better team. On paper, you know, the way they've played all season, even in the playoffs, I'm like, yo, this is a better team. I'm like, my biggest thing was as long as they play smart, they play, they show, they play with heart, 
they should win this series. As great as LeBron is, one guy isn't going to you know, completely beat you as long as you're on your game. It's tough for a, a one player to beat you when everybody's on their game. You know, well, 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 yeah, 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 true. But one superstar. But, but yeah. Right, right. I hear you. I hear right. you. I hear you. But he's not, exactly. he's not, he's not an everyday, he's not your one player that everyday player. Well, yeah, no. Well, goes without like saying. No, goes without like, saying. Goes without saying. Yeah. yeah. I, like when I say that, I a mean. Hall of yes. Famer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Shaq. Yeah. We're talking about like that kind of level. Like, Kobe right, one of one of the best to play for sure. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. So. But even even Kobe, as great as Kobe was, he he took some else too in the playoffs, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with Shaq, like like that. Those were the situations where when he was in in those tough series against, like, say, the Phoenix Suns, for example. Uh, eventually, once Phoenix got in the game, like Kobe wasn't enough anymore. Those are the two things I expected most: the execution and the heart. Yeah, I mean, Game Three, honestly, was that was probably one of the weirdest games I ever experienced watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just in terms of range of emotions, like I, you probably were like me too, but I was thoroughly disgusted for most of the game. Like I was, I was watching them getting blocked by Kevin Love repeatedly. Yeah. Like when, when Kevin Love is is that scaring you in the paint, I was like, I'm like seriously, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like it's nonsense. All the defensive breakdowns, the the you know just from you know going for pump fakes and losing their man, losing shooters. I'm like I'm like what the hell am I watching? But then to only watch them come all the way back, go on that major run, you know, leaving DeRozan on the bench, OG (laughs) steps up, you know, everybody else comes and steps up. Lowry played well in the fourth quarter, so when it caps off with OG hitting that three, you're like shit. Okay, maybe they got some life. All right, right." because I'm already thinking the series is over. But I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're going to show me something. But then mm-hmm. again, the defensive breakdown of not double-teaming LeBron in the corner as soon as he gets the ball leads to, like, mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest buzzer-beater shots that you'll ever see, you know? Yeah. And, and then after that, I mean, you know, that, that was it. Honestly, we don't even have to speak about game four. That was like an exorcism. So we don't, <laughs> I don't have enough holy water to spread on that game, so I don't want to talk about that. But, but for me, like, that was the biggest thing. And... And, and that's the scary part, Julian. Like, I wanted to document this this uh, this journey for the Raptors playoffs by doing a, a playoff reaction. But actually, after game two, the way they 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 ran off that second half, I pretty much scrapped it. I was like, you know what? I'm like, they're probably going to get swept. It doesn't make sense to do a, a, a post-game pod for game three. I might as well just save this for game four, what we're doing right now. You know, and and then and yeah. then just, just talk about the, the series Smart and, and their season. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm like well, why Smart waste choice. my time? Why waste my time? Yeah, we I think we I think everybody had fears in their heart. Like we're not winning in Cleveland. If we lost these two games at home, I think everybody had a, a small feeling that we could get swept. Like especially Raptor fans, like we could get swept. But at the same time, we also had. Well, I I, I had that feeling. If we win one. There's a chance that we can get it to seven and get home court. So I had all that feelings as well. But mm-hmm. no, you're right, man. When, when, when once we got down two, and going back into Cleveland with the momentum, you know, with Cleveland, with the refs, you know, the refs are going to generally make calls to the home team mm-hmm. and all. Like this, this is just it was just an uphill battle. And so I didn't see it happening. But game going back to game three a little bit, we did not even deserve to even win that game. So we played like shit that game. So when OG hit that three, I. I said in the chat, I was like, how the hell are we tied? I, I cannot believe we were tied. <laughs> I, it felt like we were down by 20 the whole game, like yeah. the entire game, right up to the end. I know we, we got back into it, but I didn't, I couldn't, I could not understand how we got it, how we got it tied. 
and we did not even deserve that win. Again. Although LeBron hit that buzzer beater, I was like, I was hurt, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? We shouldn't even have been in that game. Yeah. And that's what bothered me the most is that we came out with no fight, you know. And um, game four was worse, but game three, that's the game we have to get to steal back our home court. Not steal back home court, but we need to take two games to steal back home court. But we needed to win two games, so we needed to win game three. And we didn't have fight. The mental makeup of the players on our team, they don't have that fight. We don't have that that killer instinct. We don't have that fight. We don't we don't play with that fight aggression on the court. And then once our once we're down, you saw what happened in the um the first game, game one, we led the entire game and we lost it in overtime. But when we were leading, our mental psyche, we felt good and we felt good about ourselves and we were sticking to the game plan and we should have won that game. Game two, we started the same way. We kind of like going back and forth. We had the lead. We felt good mentally. Once we got down in the second half Mm -hmm. of that game, it went down beyond a slippery slope. I don't know that. It just went downhill, and we mentally lost ourselves. Our composure, we played scared, and we got blown. And then same thing on the road in game three. we, We came on the road. We, we, we lost our confidence, our mojo, and we were trailing the entire game. It was like game one, but in, in reverse for Cleveland. And we came back and tied it, which we should not have been in no position to tie it. So it was just disappointing to watch these games unfold and, and to lose, man. It's, it's, just, it's just sickening. It's sickening. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me two days to come out here because I was going to go off. If we had done this podcast right after game four, I would have went off. I would have went off. I wouldn't have like went off like say say blow everything up, but just most, raining yeah. f bombs and all, all like I would have like like Ibaka and guys that who never showed up. I would have just just jumped on all these guys like just call out names and like which I could still do now anyhow. But now it's like I'm seeing the bigger picture. And it was like yeah, I, would, I don't know if we're, if we're gonna talk about Casey if we're gonna talk about players, but I'll let you continue on. Man. Yeah, no, no, we'll we'll get into that real quick. Um, so there's a couple of things I just want to share a couple of stats here. So, yeah. um, so LeBron James, <laughs> he basically had as much points, rebounds, and assists as DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry combined. So he had 136 points. The two of them had 138. He had three more rebounds than they did, and they had combined one more assist than he did. I was going to say LeBron had more assists than Kyle and Demar. Okay, we yeah. had one more. Okay, yeah. So so That's so so he had, embarrassing so, to so, so he had that. yeah he had forty five assists. The, the two of them combined had forty six. And, oh, then, and then what's, as your, you, what's your question? Well, no, no. I'm just I'm just going. <laughs> so, it's so upsetting. So just, it's upsetting. Man. So I'm, I'm just I'm just wrapping it up. So you know, I was the one guy that was like, you know what, Kyle Lowry isn't playing that bad in the playoffs, and everybody loves to rip him. That's like the oh, annual oh. thing, like Christmas. He wasn't that bad. No, no, bad. he wasn't bad. No, he wasn't, he wasn't bad. bad. He wasn't, this year. This year. He wasn't great either. Of and course, he yeah. wasn't, and he wasn't good. I think he was marginally okay. Yeah, Re- like a little above average. Reason being, defensively, yeah, defensively, I know. he could not, like, and this was known to like any Raptor fan. He can't stay in front of any point guard. Like, Calderon burned us on that last game of the year when we played Cleveland. Calderon! Holy Calderon! This year, George Hill had a terrible first uh, series with Indiana. Terrible. His his old city, his hometown and everything. George Hill was going around Lowry. Lowry's a great 
um, help defender. He's great at steals. He's he's on the floor. But when it comes to one on one, he can't stay in front. And then Valanciunas, no, like you know, you can't you can't blame Valanciunas for not being there. But he's not a help. He's not a shot blocker. He's not a rim protector. Right. And that and that goes to your point you men- mentioned earlier. Love was. He was a rim protector, which I could not believe. <laughs> and I, I thought by us being bigger, it would be the other way around. Like we will get those tips. We will be like the rim protector, meaning Valanciunas and um, Ibaka. Yeah. But it was the other way around. It was so confusing. I, was lo- I, I couldn't believe what was going on. DeMar had a terrible. Like, when I say terrible, remember, DeMar is a max player. And I hate to put him into that. We have to look at him as a max player. Yeah. And he has to play. Like, in the first series, he was a max player. I think he averaged like 20 something. He played well 20 something points, yeah. five assists, everything what we saw in the regular season. Um, none of the ISO ball. He was looking for his teammates. But when against Cleveland, he he was the old DeMar of playoffs of past. And, and, and that, that hurt, man. And that hurt me, man. And then Lowry, again, going back to the defense, he did hit that game three. That game three, he looked good in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And he played well. And he hit his shots when he had to. So offensively, I, I, I have no issues with him. But defensively, it, it, it hurt us. Because guys from the bench and guys that who shouldn't, J.R. Like, guys who just penetrating, kicking out J.R. Smith, who went like six for six in the first half or something like that. Like, <laughs> these guys, these bench players, were Corey was killing us off the ball. I know. It came to a point when, like, Lowry couldn't cover anybody. And, and then I don't know what happened, but they said, Lowry, you just cover flicking Corey just Kai Corver. Corver is really good off the ball, so don't get me don't get me wrong. He runs, goes around. This guy lost Corver on almost every play. How can you lose Corver, the best shooter, and all he does is move off the ball? He, it's just it was just upsetting. And then he will get mad at who's not in the paint, who's not helping. And, but anyhow, that, a, that, a, that is embarrassing. That's that is embarrassing. Our two top studs couldn't uh, match up LeBron's uh, stat line. But you know what, kind of. It was, I'm going off again because I'm I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> but, you know what? You know what kind of hurt too. Like I honestly thought OG played good D on LeBron. Yeah. For the you know for a rookie, he actually played. He looked. You know he has no. He wasn't afraid. Meaning, like you know he wasn't afraid. And I I swear I can't tell if he was or not because he <laughs> shows no emotion, <laughs> which I like though. Which yeah. I like in this in this game. Like he's not he he played up on him on every inbound, and he played with physicality he contested every shot um I, and and i honestly that although lebron still got his numbers don't get me wrong i was actually impressed he was better than than the uh demar carols of of the past and whoever we try to bring into oh yeah pj uh, tucker last year pj and... tucker pj tucker who's an amazing defender he couldn't do nothing but again we're talking about one of the best players of all time right right, so, right but right. i actually thought og was better than carol and tucker this year yeah, Mind you, I, LeBron I still got his numbers. He still got his numbers. But from watching the games, um, that's that's what that's what scared me because OG played him well, and he still got his numbers. Yeah, but that's the mark of a great player. And and you know what? It's a lot to ask of a rookie, right? One hundred to put him in that position. Would OG have been saying that all year? Like what, whatever he's giving you is a bonus. Considering yeah. the fact that he spent his last off season just rehabbing and trying to get ready for training camp. Like, like I said, the next two years is going to be beneficial for. Oh him. man, but he's we'll, going to be a stud. Yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll get to we'll get to him in a second. So like, so the last point of game four again, uh, mm-hmm. to add to the thing with Lowry that you that you're talking about, to, to add to the point with Lowry, um, yet so uh, defensively he was a wreck, and then offensively he got what five points. So it's like so that so it's like he basically had that meltdown. He's like, no, 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 forget mm-hmm. about me. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I can melt down too. Um, yeah, and then and then on top of that, you know, you look at you look at them as a team. What this is ten straight playoff losses against Cleveland. They um, they haven't won in Cleveland in God knows how long. No, even regular season they lost that two to one this year. So if you count the playoffs last year, uh, the regular season this year and the playoffs, they they only won once. And then I heard an interesting stat today. So in the first two games uh, of this series, Demar Derozan took nine threes and missed them all. Right, mm-hmm. games three and four, he didn't even attempt a three. Right, mm-hmm. which is which is part of the culture reset thing that was uh, at least his responsibility of the culture reset to, to help open the floor. So he went away from the three point line. He ended up with nine those same nine attempts the whole series. He hasn't mm-hmm. made a three against Cleveland in the last three playoff series. So what does that tell you? <laughs> it just tells me that when he missed those first nine shots, he says, "I ain't taking any more shots." Yeah, at clear as day. But meaning that mentally, he 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 didn't have it in him. Yeah, he lost confidence. He, he lost confidence. And I'm. What did I say earlier? Once we got down, like anytime we're down, we can't come back. And Cleveland is the ideal team you can come back on because they don't play defense. They don't play any defense. Their game totals are the one of the highest all year round because they don't play defense. Yeah. So when you are never out of a game with these guys, like I don't care who you are, they lost the teams during. The, okay, now it's a completely different season playoffs and regular season. So don't get me wrong, but in the regular season, any team could come back on them. They don't play defense. So now we, we're talking about a team that doesn't play defense, and Demar still can't find his shot. He still can't find his confidence or rhythm or whatnot because mentally, mentally, he lost it. He lost it again, and that first game that we lost in the entire, in the uh, game one, that that just that just set everything off, right? I think everything would have been different. I don't, I don't, know, I'm not saying we would have won the series, but it would have been different if we had won game one. Different because mentally we would have finally gotten over the hump, and knowing we can beat this team, we won game one, we're ahead so far. So if we lose game two, whatever, we're still ahead. Whatever, whatever. But that game one defeat when we led the entire game, the entire game, even to the end of regulation, we led and, and we lost that but, same game. But can, that's, I, that's what hurt. but can I say something, though? Again, like I said before, like I, I missed most of game one. But yeah, when yeah, you lose yeah. when you lose by a point, why should like I'm thinking like, you know, maybe it's just me, but I'm thinking. Man, you know, you lost a game that like you lost million chances to, you know, to come through and you missed a bunch yep. of layoffs and all that stuff. But you lost by one in overtime. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, you know what? Yo, we didn't come through. But guess what? We got game two to, to, to come and take this. Like we, we yep. know what we fucked up. We can make this happen. I could understand. Like, I remember when Casey said, like, the team was emotionally drunk. You know, going into because, game two, and it's like, and it's like they basically lost their confidence, which I couldn't understand because I'm like, yo, you, it's not like you got blown. If you got blown out game one, we, I yeah, would understand I hear you. it. But the fact but let, that the fact that they lost by a point, but let mind. me tell you why. Because as you said, those same stats and our record, win loss record against Cleveland in those last like two years, yeah, because of that. Clearly, they're thinking any about other yeah. team. Listen, any other team we lost like that, we'd be like, yo, we're coming tomorrow. We're gonna kill these guys. Sure, not with our history. It's all mental, man. Yeah. It's all mental. We have a better team. I don't care what and I'm not saying we were the better team in this series. No, we're not. But on paper, season, um, we are the better team. 
and mm-hmm. it may sound like I'm a Raptor fan, and I know whoever's listening to me, like whatever, man, you lost and you whatever. But we are the better team. I'm I'm saying that. But mentally, we just can't get over that hump. Yeah, just, against Cleveland, against Cleveland, we can't. Yeah, we can't. They, they Demar got... looked good in the in the first series against Washington. He looked good. It was the playoffs, and he looked good, right? So it's not it's not. I don't think it was playoffs it was just cleveland it's just it's just, it's it's just, cleveland. just lebron it's just uh, you say cleveland it's just it's just lebron it's lebron it's in the, he's in their head yeah it's just it lebron is. especially when he started hitting those fadeaways it's like he he, oh, he just man. he mind fucked them after that like that was it so i was remember i said those dream shit shakes at 21 feet he was just doing it and he was hitting them and that was demoralizing <laughs> and you're sitting there watching and you're thinking at this point you can't stop this guy and Demar said that when they got swept like last year from Cleveland or whatever or whatever, he was like, "Yo, he's on. He can't be stopped. If we had LeBron on our team, we, you know, we win stuff. too." Then, yeah, yeah. Like mentally, you, right there, he said that you know we can't beat him. And then um, this year, he's doing those flicking dream shakes and he's hitting them. He's laughing. Right there, it just killed them. It just killed them. So it's all mental. It's all mental. And no, it's not all mental. It's all skill and game, but most of it was mental on why we lost. Yeah, well, I think this series more than anything else was mental because at least the last two series against Cleveland, Cleveland was definitely the better team. And I'm not just saying that because they had home-court advantage. They were yeah, just yeah. the better team. So to me, it's like whatever Toronto did, if you can get a couple of games, cool. You know what I mean? If you can push push up the six games, cool. That's why 2016, I was happy with their performance because take two wins out of, out of off Cleveland in the conference finals, that is the, the capper of a successful season. Last year, they got swept. So it's like, you know, you have to do a whole culture reset thing. This year, they lose. You know, they lost, obviously, Kyrie Irving, which is like a top 10 player. They lost him. You know, they completely flipped over their team. You know, Love missed a bunch of games. The whole stuff with Tristan Thompson went down. So you're thinking, like, okay, like, this is the time, as I said earlier, this is the time to now get get your shit off on Cleveland and... You know, and, and they got beat down worse this year. At least it felt that way. Right. So you understand what I'm saying? Like, not being a, a Homer fan that we had the better team. No, uh, no, like, I, I agree. That, and that's why I said to me, I was like, they should have won that series. I mean, and, and if they lost, it would have been disappointing. But, but, but to get swept, this is by far the worst team that uh, LeBron's been on since he's been back to Cleveland. Easily. This is the worst team. And I, and, and, I mean, and even comparison to last year, this, is, this team is on a lesser scale on all by all by all accounts you know what i mean by all accounts and the fact that you get wiped out again that's why it's that, the worst yeah loss. worst <laughs> worst i don't know what the word is words the question you asked me earlier this is the worst feeling worst time being a raptor fan it, it was it felt it yeah it's because got it's got to be it's got to be a low moment 